everyone. Welcome to another episode of Strength for Today with your host here, Eric Dijkstra. And today we are going to talk about what it means to contend for something. So you ever fought or contended for something that you believed in deeply? Well, that's what we're going to look at today in terms of what Paul often did for the cities and the churches that he wrote to, was he was contending for a spot for them to actually come into a knowing an experiential relationship with the living God that he served. So what have you contended for? This is a question that I've thought about in my life for things that seemed very important and significant because we don't contend for or fight for something that we aren't often deeply convicted of or believe would have great, um, great influence or impact on the lives for those that we're actually fighting for. So let's dive in. I want to tell you about uh, an experience that I had when I was on staff with an organization called the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And this came when I was on staff after several years. And one of the things that I loved about uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes was that we would put on athletic camps in the summertime. And the camps that we put on were for middle school and high school students. But the one I want to tell you about today was one that I experienced for uh, high school students. And again, this is contending for the hearts and the minds of young people. These FCA camps really served as an opportunity to create an environment for student athletes to come and not only get better at their skill as an athlete and to learn leadership principles, but also to learn who Jesus was and possibly even to come into a relationship with him and make part of their athletic experience and who they are as an athlete coherent, uh, coherent and co consistent with who Jesus is and how he would want them to compete as an athlete. And so this was a time, like I said, we had probably nine or 10 different sports that had come together at this camp. And my role in that camp was to kind of oversee uh, certain aspects that make sure that coaches had everything that they need. And the neat aspect of these camps too, is that we often had coaches um, from all different schools and all different regions coming together across the state. These were state camps and so you had maybe three to 500 student athletes that were gathering and they came for with their particular sport that they wanted to get better in. And so again, eight or nine sports that were being offered. And this story that I'm about to tell took place at the girls basketball camp that was held on this campus. And this uh, was a, a time after the very first day that we had noticed one of the athletes. And again, these athletes have uh, come through many different experiences, many different backgrounds, and each, each young person was very different. Some wanted to be there. Others didn't really know why they were there. Others had been paid or scholarship to, to come, and so they thought they would give it a try. And this was a particular young lady that really had no desire to be there. And after the first day and a half, uh, what she ended up doing was she was fighting with a lot of the other students. She was yelling at the coaches and she just really had no desire to be there. And after a day and a half, there was one young uh, lady who came up to her during one of the lunches and just sat down with her and said, hey, what's up? What's going on? And this young lady really didn't want anything to do with her and didn't really open up. And 
she started asking some questions. And so eventually this young girl started to open up and what this uh, young lady started to notice and, and heard from this girl was that she didn't have any parents um, that, you know, were there that supported her, that encouraged her, and that she actually had two younger siblings and um, she was responsible for getting them up, getting them to school, taking care of them at night. And she, they lived with their grandma. And so what she found out was that this young girl had uh, a very difficult upbringing and not a lot of support around her. And over the next couple of days, uh, the one young lady who sat with her and just got to know her story tried to be very intentional with bringing some of the other coaches and other players around her that could really become family and encourage her and support her and everything that she was. And uh, so at the end of the week, it kind of culminates where, you know, every night uh, after supper, we would have these chapels and they would hear an incredible message about who Jesus was and how he can impact their life as an athlete. And many kids actually come to know Christ uh, on the last uh, day or two of the camp because we give that invitation as a staff, because that really is the ultimate goal and desire of these FCA camps. And so one of the last days, uh, we didn't know that at the time, this uh, young girl who sat down with this girl at lunch and got to know her story had done this throughout the week. But at night when they were in their dorm rooms, she was going around and she found each one of the other girls rooms. And what she had done was Throughout the week, she had asked them to maybe write down a word or two that they saw in her that would encourage this young girl or this um, give her a sense of being loved or accepted or even encouraged that she could always look back to on in her life. And so the last day of camp, uh, all these girls um, kind of rallied her up at midcourt and said, we have something for you. We want you to remember this time. And it's been incredible for us to get to know you throughout the course of this week. And so what they did is each one of them brought up a piece of paper. I believe it was an index card and it had a simple word or two written on it. And this was how they saw her and what they had seen in her throughout the week. And at first, this young lady didn't really know what to expect or how to respond. But as each girl got up and gave her this index card and it had a piece of string around it, they told her and shared with her face to face uh, that encouraging word and they placed it around her neck. And at the very end, this other leader who had kind of initiated this simple act of kindness and love towards another uh, athlete there just simply said, we wanted to do this because uh, we know that life can be hard and maybe you don't have a lot going back to um, that, that could be encouraging for you. And so we wanted to do something for you and let you know that you're always welcomed. You're always thought of that. We'll continue to pray for you, you know, throughout this next year and hope to see you back here next summer. And what they didn't know was that she had actually received Jesus a couple nights ago, and she was really excited to go back to her campus and to actually start what we call an FCA huddle on their campus. And what an FCA huddle does, it's a group of athletes from all over the school and the many different sports that come together and get in the word of God and to pray together and to do acts of service in the community and for the school. And so 
we kind of followed up over the course of the year with a, a regional staff person and just to kind of see how it went and if there was ways that, you know, uh, the group could still encourage her throughout the year. And what we found out is that throughout the course of that next year, this young individual, this young woman uh, started an FCA huddle at her school and really built and initiated a leadership team, got the right coaches, the right parents involved and really birthed a thriving FCA ministry and huddle on that high school campus. And she came back the next summer to that camp and was one of the brightest young leaders that was at that camp. And again, the reason I share this story is simply to encourage you. And, and as, a, as, a, as a staff person with the FCA, one of the things that we did was we contended for the hearts and the minds of young people and created an environment for them where they could grow, where they could thrive, where they could be encouraged and loved and learn that as an athlete, Christ wants to be part of your world, your identity. He's gifted you. He's skilled you with those um, gifts to the world, and he wants you to compete, but compete in a way that glorifies who he is and his kingdom in the way that we compete. And so I share that story with you as a testimony in my life of one of the things that I was a part of for about nine to 10 years that really was meaningful for me because it was seeing lives like this that got changed. And I look back on my life and I, I reflect on being part of a healthy and thriving youth group. I remember having um, adults in the church that cared about me. I remember when I would go and compete uh, basketball, football, and baseball, the loving parents that would come and would be there at every one of our games for my parents who provided a way for me to be able to play and to do the things that I loved. I know maybe we don't all have those things, but I'm sure there's things in your life where you can be grateful for and thankful. And for me, looking back at those, I can remember going on many youth group missions trips and uh, doing local projects together and competing, going on bus rides with my peers, being encouraged by coaches and teachers. And again, all of this goes to provide a thriving environment for us to grow and be cultivated. And so from a young age, after I graduated high school, I knew that I wanted to go to college for ministry and I wanted to give back and provide that kind of an environment and culture for those that really did it for me. And for young people who maybe don't have that kind of an opportunity. And this, this, this camp was one of those environments where, again, we contended for their hearts. And that's a lot of what you see through the, the Bible from the very beginning to the end is from, if you think about the Garden of Eden, when God created Adam and Eve, his whole intention was to walk relationally with them. The whole reason, we even talked a few weeks ago about Isaiah 9 and how it foretold the coming of Jesus. The whole reason of why Jesus came into the world was to reconcile us in our brokenness and our sin and make a new way, a path that where we could reconnect with his heart and be restored and recover our lives. That's the kind of God that we serve and that we see in scripture. And I want to read a few verses from Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to spend a little bit of time today and in our next episode exploring Colossians 2 and 3. I love this letter because the author 
who they believe is Paul of Colossians, said this in the very first verses. This is Colossians 2, verses 1 through 3. And again, I'm going to read from the Amplified and the Passion Translation here because I love how they capture part of this. But I want you to hear, because this is what Paul did for so many of the cities that he went to. He contended so that they could come in into a relationship with Jesus themselves because you see where Paul had come from. He was a guy that used to actually persecute and kill those who followed Christ and had relationship. And now he had had such a powerful encounter that his life was turned around. And now he's struggling, having his life threatened and contending for the cities and the places that he's called so that they could come to know the wonderful riches of what he has come to know in the person of Jesus Christ. So here are these words. He says this, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those believers at Laodicea. And for all who, like yourselves, have never seen me face to face. So these are future people that he hasn't even got to know yet. He said, the reason I'm struggling is for you and for those that I don't know. He says, for my hope is that your hearts, their hearts, may be encouraged as they are knit together in unselfish love. So his hope was to see them in their hearts being connected and encouraged in love so that they may have all the riches that come from the full assurance of understanding the joy of salvation, resulting in a true and more intimate knowledge of the mystery of God, that is, Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge regarding the word and purposes of God. And this is a great picture of Paul's heart and what he's pouring himself and committing himself out to so that you would have the full assurance of understanding the joy of salvation resulting in a true and more intimate knowledge of the mystery of God, which is Christ who came into the world that now dwells internally within us. And it says that Jesus in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge does that not sound incredible? Is that not an incredible gift of grace that he's given us access to now know Jesus who beholds all the wisdom in the world that is the physical manifestation in human form of all the power and authority and strength that God spoke into existence? And if you go to John chapter one, it said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So the word of God that spoke creation into the world now comes to us in the form of a human through the person of Jesus Christ that now you have access to. That's an incredible truth and a promise that we can have faith and confidence in. Hear these same verses from Colossians chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 in the Passion. He says, I wish you could know how much I have struggled for you and for the church in Laodicea and for the many other friends I've yet to meet. I'm contending for you that your hearts will be wrapped in the comfort of heaven and woven together into love's fabric. This will give you access to all the riches of God as you experience the revelation of God's great mystery, Christ. 
for our spiritual wealth is in him, like hidden treasure waiting to be discovered, heaven's wisdom and endless riches of revelation knowledge. That is an incredible truth is that he gives us access to all the riches of God through knowing and having a living interactive relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. And that we can discover all of heaven's wisdom and the endless revelation and knowledge of God. That's the truth that Paul held. He wasn't just writing this for that group of people, but he was writing it because he knew that it would be eternal. That he knew it would be living and active for you today, for me today. This is what I want you to know and take away. Is I want to read verse five, just a couple verses later. And this is what I would like our takeaway to be. This is the amplified. He says, for even though I am absent from you in body, nevertheless, I am with you in spirit, delighted to see your good discipline as you stand shoulder to shoulder and form a solid front and to see the stability of your faith in Christ, your steadfast reliance on him, and your unwavering confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. And I love that image that the Amplified used here, standing shoulder to shoulder with each other. If that's not a great depiction of going to battle, I don't know what is. It's like being on a team full of athletes when they go out there and they, you take the field or you take the court as a team, you're standing shoulder to shoulder, united as one. That's what we do when we come into relationship with Christ, is we stand shoulder to shoulder and in our weaknesses, in our triumphs, in our victories, in our defeats, we're there standing together shoulder to shoulder, forming a solid front. And that's a picture of stability, of our faith in Christ. And then I love what he says. He says, your steadfast reliance on him and your unwavering confidence steadfast resilience and confidence in the Lord is what he's building and looking for in us. He said he's proud of them. The Lord is proud of you. I'm proud of you. The, the body of Christ, whether you know it or not, is proud of you for taking this stand, for being a light in your world, for loving and serving as only you could do in the power of who Christ is and as the Holy Spirit leads you. And then he says, as your unwavering confidence in his power, in his wisdom, and in his goodness. Again, our journey of being more like Christ is our dependence and trust and confidence in his power, in his wisdom, and in his strength. Hear it in the Passion, and this is what I'll close with. It says, even though I'm separated from you geographically, my spirit is present there with you. And I'm overjoyed to see how disciplined and deeply committed you are because you have such a solid faith in Christ, the anointed one. I hope that you'll take into consideration the treasure, the value that there is in knowing Jesus. It can change the course of your life. It can give you direction. It can give you purpose. It can fill you with hope. The biggest thing that, I, that I've taken from having a relationship with Christ is the fact that he loves me more than I could ever know. And that doesn't change. His love is unconditional towards me, towards you, and 
it's real simple to, to enter into that relationship. And he's faithful to see you through it. He gives you his Holy Spirit to know how to live it out. One of the biggest things that hinders us is thinking that you've got to have all your ducks in a row, to think that you've got to have it all put together, but you don't. It just starts with putting your faith in Jesus and letting him be the light that guides you, letting him be the light in the darkness or the brokenness, and just trusting him with your heart to heal it, to recover it, to restore it, and to reconcile it to his. And I would just invite you again into that relationship today. Because when Jesus came into the world, and when the Father saw his son being crucified and knew that he would be resurrected on the third day, he was contending for your heart so that you could spend eternity with him. Be encouraged by that. Be strengthened and know how deeply you loved, how deeply you are loved in the Father's heart today. God bless, and we'll see you next time where we dive a little bit deeper here into Colossians 2 and 3.